0: heroes and welcome to one shot sponsored this week by n transmission games and their psionics kickstarter i'm james damato your game master this week i'll be sitting down with my fellow judges from the two-page tabletop contest to play all things truly wicked by rookie designer ryan Olia, who you might remember from police cops but first let's hear a little more about our sponsors for this week If you don't know N-Transmission Games, they are the any-nominated designers of Phantasm and the Singularity Roleplaying System. They're keeping their signature future punk style for psionics. They're kickstarting their psionics rule system, which, you gets it, allows you to play a character with mind powers. Heroes, we all love characters with destructive mind powers. That's just a fact of life. If you want to play in a game with psionic characters, head over to the Kickstarter link in our show notes. $5 gets you a PDF copy of psionics, which is all you need to play. And for $25, they will print your PDF copy on the bones of a mighty tree. Once again, psionics is compatible with singularity, but it's a core book. $5 $5 gets you the tetsu only book you need to play. <laughs> Just follow the link in the show notes, and be sure to thank them for supporting the show. Before we get started on the show, I want to apologize and say this episode does not have audio quality that's up to our regular standard. The judges of the two-page tabletop contest are a little bit spread out, so I had to Skype them in, which means we weren't able to use my equipment. While you still have my silky, sonorous tones to guide you through the show, everybody else is going to sound a little bit phone voicey. I have did my best editing to make sure everybody was understandable. I'm sorry about that, but I can assure you that our next series is going to sound great. With all that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, heroes. I'm going to go around and introduce our players for this week. Uh, first up is Dan von Holten. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dan. First of all, tell us your character's name.
1: Okay, his name is Logan Bukowski.
0: All right, and tell us just a little bit about Logan. What's he like?
1: He's kind of like a, a nascent sci-fi nerd and maker. He he loves making things in science. He watches lots of documentaries about bugs and. Or, current heroes are Iron Man and Doctor Who. And his dad's really big into the maker movement, so he gets lots of uh, stuff to play with.
0: Okay, oh, interesting. So he's like a little bit of a craftsman. That's neat. And he sounds pretty nerdy. (laughs) I'm going to put him squarely in the nerd category there. Can we get a physical description of him?
1: Sure. He's a little bit on the small side as far as build. So just to keep with that nerd, he he looks like he could be husky later, but he's, he doesn't sit still very well. So he's still really scrawny and small.
0: Okay. Um, and what, what's, what, what colors is his hair like? And how does he, how does he manage uh, it?
1: Probably black hair and, and brown eyes. He frequently dresses just in t-shirts and, uh, and jeans and probably wears, uh, unversatile trainers because he liked watching Doctor Who a lot.
0: Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, Let's move on to James Mason of Top Secret Games. James, welcome to One Shot. It's good to be here, James. Yeah, this is the short period of time where we will battle for dominance over our names and only one will be able to survive. I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) There
2: can only be one.
0: There can only be one, absolutely. Uh, so, James, why don't you tell us who you're playing this week?
2: My character is Billy Jensen. He's a 10-year-old, and he is the honorary son of a couple of artists. Let's see, he's a little bit stocky. He's got some freckles, and he's disheveled. He's just one of those kids that constantly looks like he needs to be dusted off from coming in outside. <laughs>
0: Right, so he's a real outside type. I imagine he's got, like, you know, tattered clothes a little bit, a lot of grass stains.
2: Oh, yeah, he, he's the kind where his mom has to constantly uh, repair the knees on his jeans, all that stuff. He likes throwing rocks at things and poking animals with sticks, that kind of stuff. Not sociopathic
0: stuff. poking animals with sticks, no, but, you not know, that. <laughs> normal mischievous poking animals with sticks. Or mischievous. Yeah as the word actually is pronounced. And finally, uh, let's move on to John Arcadian of Gnome Stew. John. Hello. John, you, you? you're actually doing me a favor this week, uh, because you're going to be GMing for us.
3: Wait, there was another option?
0: Oh, I wanna play. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. It's too Dang late. It. Uh but you know, I, I do thank you for that, and I should point out that in this system, all things truly wicked, uh it's not called a GM, it's actually referred to as an MC or yes. Master of Ceremonies.
3: Yes, pulled direct from Vincent Baker according to the uh the person who created this
0: that's awfully yes it was awfully nice of him to credit that john since you're not playing a character for us uh why don't you tell us a little bit about the area that we're going to be playing and what what's the neighborhood like
3: so so one of the things that's great about this game which is why I, i chose it to run is that it's definitely a hey there's this nice candy coating shell on the world but you're a kid and you know better you are the one who sees the things in the dark so so I'm sitting you today in a small suburb outside of a big city, you know, a kind of larger city, kind of like uh, like Chicago or Columbus or something, medium-sized, not not nearly in New York, but but still a fairly big city. I think and it's really
0: of- cute that you put Chicago and Columbus in the same category.
3: Well, yeah, Chicago's still trying, I know. <laughs> but uh, you can know tell where we live. Um, you're in the suburb outside of this called Brentwood, and it is a pretty nice, affluent area built on, you know, definitely an older neighborhood built on gridded streets still, but you know, some some space between the houses, some yards, and a very cute, trendy downtown where lots of things happen and lots of people come to visit. But the farther away you get from that downtown, especially as you get towards the city into the farther edges, you get. A little more rundown you get a little more things that are abandoned and as people have moved into the more affluent trendier downtown there are a couple of old abandoned buildings you know out on the outskirts
0: okay finally that comes to me and i will be playing a character named scott watterson uh, scott's 10 years old he is rail thin and he's real tall, skinny. I'm gonna say he's uh close to five eight right now, so he is awkwardly so not now five eight is incredibly tall for a ten year old i uh, I'm not around kids a lot i'll say I'll say he's closer to five two so he's tall for his age and awkwardly gangly. you know, he's on the precipice of uh puberty uh and it's hitting him really early much earlier than everybody else in his class so he is not really grown into that body very well yet uh he has incredibly pale skin and very dark hair He's the sort of kid who likes to read and draw and uh, imagine things, but not so much the type of kid who likes to pay attention to the world around him. So he's mostly invested in whatever daydreams or fictions uh, that he has going, uh, probably with his good friend Logan. I should mention that uh, he and Logan are neighbors.
3: And Billy is the new one to the group. He yeah. just moved, according to the backstories you told me about before, just moved in about eight months ago and kind of jumped on to Scott and Logan's friendship.
0: Yep. And we welcomed him with open arms, if and not... super soakers. Yes. Super, super soakers. soakers. Yep. <laughs> All right. And with that, I think it's time to get started.
3: All right. Well, then I will take over, and uh, I will ask for a volunteer who wants to get this started and, and put themselves in the pawn spot.
0: Uh, I, I will do that, sure.
3: All right, excellent. So, Scott, it, it's a Tuesday afternoon, right after school. Um, what You're walking someplace. Where is it that you're walking?
0: Okay, I am going to say that uh, I am walking, actually, in the space, in the short, space uh between where our yards connect uh myself and uh logan's there's a fence and there is the classic loose board at the end of the fence so i'm walking to the loose board at the end of the fence Uh, i'm gonna slip through into scott's yard uh just to see where he is uh i yelled up to the treehouse he didn't seem or no, not scott's yard logan's yard i yelled up to the tree house he didn't seem to be there and i'm just gonna poke around to see if he's there
3: all right as you uh approach the loose board in the fence you you notice a little flitter of movement and just a, a flash of red just a flash of something red that that doesn't look out of place like on the other side of the fence you know right through the board
0: um now i i s- freeze for a second i know that logan doesn't have a dog and I actually think for a minute of things that could be read. Um, my character is really into reading all sorts of fairy books and whatnot. So I, you know, like excitedly think about what it could be. And I'm going to press my face up to like the, the slits in the fence and peer into the yard uh, before moving the board open to uh, see what what might be there.
3: Okay. Now, Logan, he's going and looking into your yard, where it's just a little after school. Where, where are you at this point in time? You can put yourself anywhere you want. Um,
1: I'm going to say he's probably in the, in the kitchen with a, a window that faces out to the backyard. And
3: okay. he's getting a snack. Alright. Um, and, Billy, what, what are you doing right now? It's just slightly after school.
2: All right, just slightly after school, Billy is going to head back on into the backyard where uh, there is a nest of some kind of critters in the bushes that he is watching to see if he can catch one coming out of the hole.
3: Okay, all right. So uh, you're poking around in the nest. Logan, you see just just the board move, and, you know, it's it's probably... know scott because it usually is um scott as you look through Mm -hmm. you know kind of putting your head up you notice for just a second there is like a flit of movement into a shadow like that red thing just jumps into a shadow under a bush and you don't see anything else from it
0: okay um is there a vague silhouette that i get from it did it look like it was moving on all fours or is it just like a flash of red crosses uh, the tiny area of the fence that I was looking through
3: it was just kind of like a flash of red just zipped faster than your eyes could really follow it
0: okay so now I'm I, I'm gonna run over to the loose board in the fence and I'm gonna poke through and whip my head around uh, looking for whatever it could have been and I start calling out to Logan Logan Hi. are you here Logan you,
1: you see all this looking out go ahead would I have heard this, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I'll just uh, go up to the window and say, yeah, I'm in the kitchen.
0: You're inside? Yeah. Okay.
1: You want a donut?
0: Uh, Sure, yeah. And I take a second to pause and look at the yard before running in to get my donut. Is there a lot of uh landscaping here like trees or bushes that you know something could have darted into or is this yard you know bare fence work and uh appointed by the tree house
3: i'm going to uh to take control of logan's yard and say yeah there is a fair amount of landscaping yard brush half finished projects since his dad is very much a maker you know you know stuff's just kind of thrown and set aside uh, but it's not very well tended.
0: Okay, uh, I pick up I pick up a rock in the property and I just throw it at one of the bushes on my way inside, uh, sort of hoping something will dart out. And when nothing happens, I make my way in.
3: Okay, ominously, nothing does happen. But it's it's very disquieting. Like everything just stops the moment you do that. Like all the bug noises, all the wind noises, just kind of stop for a second before you go in. Billy, you are are poking around in a bush trying to catch something. Um, Go ahead and describe what this looks like. Describe, you know, what, what you're kind of doing.
2: All right. Well, Billy's seen some rustling in this bush in the backyard. He's been keeping an eye on it for the last few days, but he hasn't actually seen any creatures coming out of it. He thinks it might be a rabbit or maybe a cat or something, but he doesn't know, so he's kind of digging around in there trying to find out what it is.
3: All right. Would you give me a difficult roll with your heart involved? So according to the system, Ooh. difficult is a D8 plus whatever your uh, your heart is.
2: All right. Let's go heart. Ooh. And uh, Billy got a four on that one.
3: All right. See. Sure you select the throw rocks. You're good at climbing, you're really stubborn. And you don't pay attention to your surroundings, which is in fact why by the time you have unearthed the body, you are right on top of it, and it is directly in front of you. Um you, you're kind of pulling it out, and you pull it out from the bushes, and it's only about half of a torso, and it's the top half, and it has Red hair, long red hair, and no face. Like, completely blank face.
2: Oh, Uh, jeez. Well, Billy's kind of freaked out for a moment. What's this uh, look like? I mean, it's half of a torso of a cat or a...
3: Oh, no, it's a person. It is a person. In fact, it seems kind of recognizable based on the clothing. You've seen this. Somebody somewhere at school was wearing something like this, and it looks like a girl about your age, except for the completely blank face. Now, I'm not saying that it's been eaten off or anything like the rest of the body beneath the rib cage has, but it is gone. Somebody took an eraser to it.
2: All right. Well, Billy wastes no time. He drops that where it is and books it out of the backyard. He's going to make it uh cross the cul-de-sac over to uh to, to Logan's treehouse and uh, uh booking it as fast as he can huffing and puffing for breath by the time he gets there.
3: All right, you guys uh he, he makes a racket. You guys see him come in. How do you react? What do you do?
0: Hey Billy.
2: Hey. You guys you gotta come see this. Come you're see not... what? Billy kind of stutters for words for a minute. I, I you, you, gotta come see it. Come on.
0: Uh, I take <laughs> off running to follow him, shoving a donut in my mouth as I go.
2: Okay. Billy books it across the the neighborhood back to the house.
3: All right. So Logan, I'm assuming you follow. All three of you are going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be running. Probably not as fast as the others, but. All right. So you're kind of nerdishly just trailing behind. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I'm just trying to think of what it could possibly be.
3: Okay. All right. Billy, when you get back there, the body is gone, but the hair is not. Everything else has been pulled away except for a handful of, of strands of red hair. Logan and Scott, you, uh, your mind immediately goes one place when you see that red hair.
0: Jean.: <laughs> Genie. All right. A girl
3: that you both know from your, your school. Um, I mean that—that's the exact color of, of red hair, and you know because you both looked at it very longingly many times.
0: I've drawn it before, so I, I definitely know. <laughs>
3: so, what's your reaction to that? What—what—what
1: what, what do you immediately think, or what do you do? I'm going to start uh, questioning Billy. What—what—what what, what do you find? The hair—is that it?
2: B- Billy says she you brought us here was, for a ball of hair. It was a, a body. It was—it was half of her. She was here, and it was like something—something something big got her. And, uh, and it took her face.
0: What? To wait, wait, what? Something took. Yes. Took a face? Like, what do you yeah. mean? Like, ate her face? Or. No, no, it was just. It was gone. It was like she had no face. You guys. You guys, this is serious. I've well, read about we... this. Exactly what did you see? Was there blood?
2: Oh. Oh, that's a good question. Was there blood with this, uh, half eaten torso, or.
3: There was a lot of blood on the ground, and uh, if you look around for it, um, you can kind of find a trail. Um, Everybody roll me a D10 average plus mine to see if you can follow the trail and kind of track it down to where it goes. Okay, I got 11. Excellent.
0: Yeah, um, and I have my eye for details, so... It's going to be 14 for me.
2: Well, then. All right. Well, Billy doesn't really pay much attention to what's going on. He kind of gets caught up in the moment. So I got a 7.
3: Okay. So 11 and 14. Let's start with 11. You you succeed. You can track it a, a ways. You can track the blood. Um, it, it leads... A little back into the woods from from where this bush is, like it, it leads a little in the path, but then you lose it. Um, how do you? What does your tracking look like? How do you do this? Describe it.
0: Uh, so I'm looking for. No, indem- oh, no, this this is oh, with really? eleven for day. Uh, oh, you've 11. got fourteen, so. Yeah. Oh, I see. Well,
3: he's probably
1: concentrating on a trail of blood. He he may if he if he happened to have one in his pocket a magnifying glass. Oh, Okay.
3: Just. Because he's he's that kind of person. Okay, so you you all you all follow it to the point where where uh, Logan has found it, and Scott, what do you notice that that helps you follow on? How do you take it from here when Logan says I, I can't find it anymore? I I, I don't know where it was. Uh,
0: so I'm looking for indentations in grass or uh, disturbed like once I assume that the body he saw was sort of like, since it was half torn open, it was bleeding out, and the blood trail sort of dries up as sticks and uh, dirt stick to it. So what I'm looking for is areas in the ground where there are clear dragging patterns, you know, disturbed sticks, leaves, things that look like they've been recently run over.
3: Excellent. Okay. You, You find those all the way, and even a little more, a little farther on, but then they, they stop. There's nothing on the ground anymore, but you are right near a tree. And this leads you to kind of look up and in the branches of the tree above you hung, almost crucified, but the arms splayed out and the rest of the red hair just falling over the face is the body of Jean from the torso. up.
0: And it's like, it's her with her face and everything.
3: You cannot see the face because all the hair has fallen right over. Okay.
0: So my uh, character screams.
1: Yeah, I, I think that um, I, I think that Logan would also be screaming at this point. Like, oh, oh my god! Oh my god! We we should call someone.
0: We gotta call. We gotta. We gotta tell our parents immediately.
2: Billy, what what are you doing? Well, uh, you know, I think Billy's gonna join in freaking out just just a little bit and, and say, oh. I'd say, all right, Scott, uh, you, you tell your parents.
0: How far are we from the neighborhood itself? Like, how deep into the woods did we have to follow this trail?
3: I mean, like, a quarter of a mile. It's not long. Maybe maybe five, six minutes, you know, um, just heading in there.
0: Okay. So you had... <laughs> so... <laughs> probably
3: try to call the police.
0: Yeah, what, okay. what era is it? Do we have cell phones? Is that an expectation that we should have? Um
3: if your parents would have, it is the current time, and if your parents would have given a cell phone to a ten-year-old, sure, you would have had a cell phone. Feel Logan's
0: like-
2: eleven,
3: so he definitely has a cell.
2: phone. Uh, Billy's broken his last three phones.
3: Uh, okay,
0: I'm going to say Scott would probably have a cell phone too, and I think, I think, uh, I think Logan and Scott are both sort of dialing. 911 at least I think Scott goes straight to 911 he's not even he's not even going to parents he knows what the situation calls for
3: and you go oh my god there's a body there's a body oh my god oh my god oh, that kind of thing
0: yeah. yeah uh i'm i'm just i'm i'm like trying to i'm trying to get myself i'm like breathing heavily <sighs> trying to get myself pumped up to talk to an adult in an authority position
3: okay the uh the police arrived your parents come as well cuz i'm i'm sure one of you would have called them yeah know, we called them right arrived.
0: after the cops
3: right a police cruiser arrives on the scene uh they jump out they come there and they look up in the tree branches and the body is gone it's a bundle of sticks up there
0: But we were and- <laughs> we were here right yeah,
2: Billy jumps to jumps to the defense. We saw it. It was up there, the red hair and 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 everything. It was it was a body. We saw it. And you're saying this was your your classmate Jean?
0: Uh, we're saying that it looked like her. We we don't know. At least it was somebody with red hair.
3: Do any of you have this Jean's number? Can we check on her? Would we? I'd assume that we would if we're friends, but. Um if, if you if you feel like your character would, then yes, you would have her number.
0: I don't think my character would. Feel like he'd be too shy to approach somebody.
1: Logan. I think if they if they're friendly at school, he would have probably been asking everyone in class for their phone number once he got his phone. Okay. He so he's going to go ahead and try calling her.
0: Logan always had better moves than Scott. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: the uh phone picks up and it's Jean's mother and she goes, why, why, hello Logan. What what can I do for you today? Is Jean there?" He's going oh. to he can't he. "Yeah, she just got home. She's not feeling very well though. Jean, it's your friend Logan. I'll talk to him later." Is she, uh, she okay? "Uh she's just feeling a little under the weather. I'll 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 have her talk to you in school or or give you a call tomorrow if you don't see her." did she just now no she's been she's been home for a while how how long uh since after school okay i right, we just are are those police sirens in the background yeah yeah we we thought is everything okay i'm going to hang up <laughs> okay <laughs> so the police grill you for a while. Your parents are like, why are you making this up? What, what do you think is happening? But they clearly don't believe you. And they give you strong, severe lectures on uh, on not calling in, you know, pranks like that. Right. And then they send you back to your homes. Does anything happen? Do you put up any fuss?
2: Uh, Billy puts up fuss. He continues to insist that he saw what he saw and just cuz it's not there anymore doesn't mean it wasn't and gives his parents some sass
3: <sighs> your parents are just just fed up with this billy why why do you have to keep doing this why do you have to just keep keep doing this we've tried to love and nurture you and we we've tried to be there for you but you keep putting doing these kinds of things do we have to ground you we don't want to we love you very much
2: but but i saw it i <sighs> i did see the see the button.
3: they saw it too I just wish you would channel this imagination of yours into more creative, artistic pursuits. Why Why don't you just use that easel and that canvas we got you? You're always welcome.
2: Uh, and do what? Draw with pencils
3: all day like you? Draw, draw, draw a picture of this if this is in your mind. Draw, draw a picture of us and help us understand. Help us see it from your perspective.
2: All right. Billy goes over to the canvas and draws... Uh, Really crude, stick figure drawing, uh, portraying his parents in a not-nice manner.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, Would you very kindly roll me a very difficult plus soul?
2: Oh, man. All right. Let's go, Billy. Ooh. Okay. I rolled a six, and Billy's soul is one, so that's a seven.
3: All right. Now remember, you can always spend energy to increase this if you want. Um, it's two energy points to increase it by one die, and I would let you re-roll it if you wanted to.
2: Ooh, um, don't really want to re-roll that. Um, well, no, nah, I think I'll just take the seven. That's that's Excellent. about as good as it's it's getting for this.
3: As uh, as you start to draw this, you're you start to feel your hand tingle and you start to feel it move a little outside of your control, and you're really trying to control it, and you're trying to draw this thing and this all your, your you know 10-year-old anger getting out, and uh, you find yourself drawing a complete picture of this scene of the bundle of sticks in the air, and at the very end, you're drawing little figures at the bottom staring at you kind of menacingly before your hand switches around and takes the eraser and just removes them.
2: mm uh, Billy just kinda stares at it for a moment. He's not really sure what to do.
3: Your parents are like, You I knew you had artistic talent.
2: I knew you could do this. See uh, see how much this helps? But but it it wasn't I didn't but yeah. I Billy's kinda at a loss for words at this point. Wasn't this better?
3: Logan, Billy just uh,
2: kinda sighs and hangs his head.
3: <laughs> Logan, how are you uh, doing at home? What What is your at home reaction after this event incident? Well, he's been raised a fuss at first, insisting that
1: he saw something it quickly changed into him grilling his parents about what kinds of things could cause hallucinations.
3: Your dad kind of goes, well, uh, those kind of mushrooms, these kind He kind of gets wrapped up in the scientific aspect of it and forgets all about punishing you or, or reining you in for telling these lies and, and you know, it ends with, like, looking at an encyclopedia online to find what could cause hallucinations and seeing if that's possibly what happened to you kids out there. You got into something that was there, or if there was a gas leak. Maybe it was a bad donut. No! Let's see what you're making with the donuts! Okay, what'd you put into it? You know, and it, he kind of quickly loses the thread of doing any kind of punishing or, or, you know, grilling you at all, and goes into instant nerd, let's learn things mode. Okay,
1: if possible, he wants to go out and take a closer look at the bundle of sticks.
3: Okay, um, your dad goes with you and helps boost you up into the tree to be able to pull them down. They're all still up there. But they he do. Have, he's gonna take pictures of it from the ground first. Okay, you get some good pictures of it. Um, there are little kind of it, it's it's getting to be sunset now. You know, there's very little light, but you see little like. Twinkles of light in the pictures on your digital camera. Um, you know, just just little twinkles around it, like lens flares almost. Okay. He's,
1: when he gets home, he'll look up what might have caused that, and he'll probably run across all
3: kinds of explanations. All kinds of conspiracy theory things, ghosts, aliens, all kinds of... No, this is common, you know, for cameras in low-light situations to catch reflections, you know tons of things scott what's your at-home situation like after this
0: uh so scott is sort of draws into himself he's very quiet um he he apologizes to his parents mom dad i'm sorry i i really i really did think i saw that and i the other boys did too and we weren't we weren't pulling a prank or anything and it was it was scary
3: well, I understand how these things can go. Was that Billy leading you on? He's new. I know you want to be friends with him, but I think he can be a little trouble sometimes.
0: Billy, Billy's the one who told us about it, but but we all saw it, and and I and I tracked it, and I could I could draw it. I could try that.
3: No. What what what's your relationship with your parents like? Are they kind of behind your artistic nature, or are they?
0: I you know what I feel like they're I feel like they're supportive because I had to get these materials from somewhere. Somebody gave me these books, you know. Okay. The kid doesn't just get Conan comics on his own. These are my dad's. All
3: right. Well, go go ahead and draw it. Go uh, show us what it's like. But you know, you you really have to start learning to to live with reality.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know that it's not that, it's not that it's not real. It's that it, it really did seem real. And in case it was real, it was the right thing to do. And I'm sorry that it, that I wasn't right, but I'm not sorry for, I'm not sorry for what I did. That's,
3: no, calling the police in that kind of situation is definitely the best thing to do. Okay. Go go ahead, draw what you think you saw. Maybe, maybe we can help figure this out and give it to the police.
0: Okay, so I'm going to draw it. Uh, what, what do you, what do you, should I be rolling? What stat should I be rolling that? I
3: would like you to do a, uh, uh, same as Billy did, a very difficult plus a soul.
0: Okay. So this is going to be plus my soul, which is four. And uh, drawing is one of my talents. Uh, Excellent. Would this be drawing eye for details, or is this just drawing?
3: Let's uh, let's do drawing eye for details. So since it's very difficult, it's D6 plus the four from your soul, and then plus uh, three eye for details. So okay. whatever you get, plus seven.
0: So I rolled I rolled one there, so that is an eight, which is the lower echelon of success.
3: All right. You have gotten a successful drawing of the situation as you saw it, mm-hmm. but it is not pretty. Like, it, it is not up to your artistic talents. For some reason, as you try to draw this, you accurately get it down, It. It's crude. It's not right. It's not good. And and it kind of makes you angry that this is not up to your normal level drawing. It's technically accurate, but it is not as good as you normally do.
0: Yeah. It's like
3: all your artistic talent suddenly went somewhere else while you were trying to draw this.
0: Yeah. I keep starting and stopping um, and erasing. And, you know, I think eventually my parents, like, they were. They know better than to watch me while I'm drawing, but like they sort of moved on and they're sort of letting me handle my emotions this way. And once I figure it, I don't even bother showing it to them. Uh, I just sort of crumple it up and throw it away. And I turn to my books and I start looking through, I think, uh, fair. uh, I'll go to my trusty encyclopedia of things that never were. And okay. I'll start looking for monsters without faces, because that is, that is the one detail that we got from this, is that whatever whatever Billy saw, is, it didn't have a face. Right. And also, give me, I'll cross-reference that with the color red. Give me red. a difficult
3: and a mine, and attention for details.
0: Okay, also right. counts for that. Okay. Ooh, okay, that is a 12.
3: All right you come come across you know this this is a common theme in a lot of you know stories uh things without faces are japanese ghosts um there are face stealers in slavic lore there are things in southern american lore you know and in native american lore that come through and steal faces but the only ones that really fit with that color red are in celtic kind of fairies um
0: i knew it was fairies
3: so there there are definitely you know of course the oh look here's the happy you know fairy stories that are not real and then there's the these things are really mischievous and definitely dislike people sometimes and, and are definitely hostile towards people um so so there are a couple but but you can't find that it's definitely one thing or another, but you're fairly sure it's something celtic
0: Okay uh as soon as like I come to this realization, I've got, I've got my books laying all over the place. I go over to my sock drawer and I reach in the back of the sock drawer and I pull out a silver tie clip, uh, that I got okay. for, uh, my ninth birthday. And I've got that with me. And then I run downstairs and like get to the kitchen and I start like, uh, moving a little bit more calmly. And I grab the Morton salt, uh, from okay. from the ca- like the cabinet, and I take that up to my room. And I am in fairy defense mode at this point.
3: <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna fast forward a bit. The next day at school, uh, you all get to school. You immediately have your first class, and it is raining on your way in. It, it is raining incredibly, incredibly heavily, more, more so than it has around here for this time of year. Um, it's a dreary first period class. You get through it, and in that class is Jean. She is sitting right there in the front like she always is, and you see her from the back, Her her red hair the same as it ever was, but she looks incredibly bored and dispassionate. She does not seem to care about being here at all. She just doesn't seem there. Um, She immediately rushes out of class at the end and just heads to the girls' bathroom, leaving the three of you kind of standing in the classroom. As, you know, everybody kind of rushes out, but she is gone.
0: Uh, So, well, when we gather at our desks, I grab my backpack, I unzip it, and I pull out the Catherine Mary Briggs Encyclopedia of Fairies, Hobgoblins, Brownies, Bogies, and Other Supernatural Creatures, and I slam it down on the desk. Okay. Guys, I know what this is. I did a lot of reading last night, and I think I got it. What is it? Okay. um, So, do you guys remember when I showed you that movie, The Book of Kells? Okay. Uh- Kind of. It was a cartoon, wh- whatever. Yeah. Okay, so you know how, like, in World of Warcraft, like, elves are a lot cooler than they are when they work for Santa or whatever. Um Fairies yeah. in mythology are a lot cooler and a lot scarier than they are in, like, Disney. So what I think we're dealing with here is some sort of uh, fairy creature that that... Uh, they they have this thing called a glamour that, that makes you think that you see things that you don't actually see or makes other people see things. Uh, Billy it, says, you mean like magic? Sort of like magic. Uh, it's... It's how, way, way back when, when Ireland first became a thing and people floated over there from one of the main continents, uh, there used to be these two groups of fairies, and there were good ones, and there were bad ones, and...
3: What they- are you guys doing as Jean walks back in and just stares at you with very blank eyes, like, unfocused? Hi, Jean. a picture of her. Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, but- Billy says, uh, "How how you how you feeling?" fine.
3: How are you feeling?
2: Billy looks himself over and says, "I'm feeling all right."
1: Hi, hi, John. He's gonna say, "I called your house
3: yesterday. Your mom said you weren't feeling well." Oh, yes, I saw you guys playing in the woods. You called the the sheriff. Yeah. Your house isn't near the woods, is it?
0: Yeah, when did you see that, Jeannie?
3: I have to go. And she turns and walks out quickly. The teacher has been here the whole time, just sitting at her desk, grading.
0: All right, something... Like she doesn't even see us, or...?
3: She just didn't even react to anything that just went on. Would she have normally reacted to it? You would have expected her to have shooed you out of the classroom right after class. Yeah.
2: Billy says, let's follow her.
3: Oh, what? Are you guys still here? Go, go. Sorry. That I... seemed odd to everybody because the teacher just just seemed kind of fuzzy and hazy, unlike normal. All right, so you're following Jean?
0: Okay, guys, we've got to be careful if we're going to follow Jean. I think something's up with her. I mean, you all you all get that same impression, right? Because there's no way she saw us playing in the woods. That's crazy.
1: Does anything look odd about the picture he took of her? Because he's watched his dad play lots of Silent Hill type games. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it has that same kind of flickering, twilighty kind of glow and lens flares as the bundle of sticks. Okay. Like, hey guys, look at this. Look at these photos. And, like,
1: I, I took these photos of the bundles of sticks after after everyone left. And there were these little lights in there, and I, I was reading it, like there are some people saying it could just be like natural light conditions, but it because the sunset might have explained that, but it, it also could have been like some people are saying that it could be like ghosts or other other kinds of creatures. And then and then I took this picture of Jean just a minute ago, and look, you got the same thing around her.
0: Logan, I need you to focus. We're <laughs> dealing with fairies, okay? <laughs> This is a fairy situation. Now, do either of you have any silver? Uh, Billy, Billy
2: checks his pockets and his backpack and comes up with a bunch of rubber bands and paper clips and pencils and shakes his head.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, silver is sort of, you know, silver might work, uh, but we, we need iron and, uh this is really important guys. If you're ever if you're ever being chased or anything, you need to make sure you have some salt with you. If you make a line of salt, a fairy can't cross it.
1: Salt. And iron. Well those are easy to get.
0: The, those are those are easier to get. I just, you know silver silver is sort of a catch all because in case it's not a fairy, in case it's something else, silver works on a lot of other things too.
2: We well, get... Billy, Billy says, "Shoot, my dad's been working on an iron sculpture. Just That's take perfect. Some
0: of that. That's perfect. Yeah, we just need some of that." My
1: my dad's got stuff in the shop.
0: Okay, okay, but you got to be careful. It has to be it has to be pure iron. It can't be steel. Steel doesn't work as well.
3: Okay, I'll see I'll, if he's got any iron. All uh, right. So, is your guys' general plan then to go? gear up and then try to follow gene
0: yeah i think we're what we're gonna do is we're gonna gear up first or like is are we playing out the school day
3: well that's the thing you are kids and you do kind of have to stay in school <laughs> unless you sneak out in some way are you going to do that i'm gonna propose an idea
1: hey guys um mrs johnson was acting kind of like and she, she seemed and kind of weird too
0: yeah, that could be, it could be her or it could be something that Jean or whatever's in Jean's place is doing to her.
1: I, I want to, um, can can we get like a photo? I want to get a picture of her. Can you guys help me with that? Like say you want to get a picture with her?
0: Okay, but that's, I'm not, I'm not really great at social situations and that. Uh,
2: all right, it's Billy pipes up and he says, you scared a cat. All right, I'll do it. And he pushes uh, his way into the room.
3: Okay. All Mrs. Right. Johnson's head is on the desk, and she is just laying there.
2: Alright, well, Billy poses for a picture with her.
3: Well, she Okay, just with her laying on the desk like she's asleep?
2: Just with her on the desk like she's asleep. He says, come on,
0: take the picture now. Billy, Billy, bigger fish to fry. Why is she laying on the desk?
3: Mm.
2: Logan, what do you do? Do you take the picture? Uh
1: long because he had the camera app already up so he snaps a shot and he walks up to her
3: to see what's up, what's going on. Alright, in in the picture you notice a very faint glow around it. The same kind of effect but very, very minimally. Uh, Scott, what are you doing? Uh, Billy's posing with the uh, likely unconscious Mrs. Johnson.
0: Okay, I am going to walk over to Mrs. Johnson and basically see, is she asleep?
3: She is breathing, you can tell that from afar, you know, her body's still rising, but she just is kind of laying there, just just kind of catatonic.
0: I am going to uh, poke her and try and wake her up, essentially, like, shake her a little bit.
3: What? what, what? Did, did I fall asleep? I,
0: you fell uh, asleep, I'm, Mrs. Johnson, are you okay?
3: Uh, I, I'm going to go see them. Ever since class ended, I've just been feeling so so drained of energy. Uh, I'll I'll be fine, boys. Get get to your next class. I'm I going to go see the
0: nurse. I want to check her neck just to make sure she doesn't have any weird markings or anything.
3: Okay. You uh you don't see anything that seems like it would be odd. You you don't see anything that you know like no vampire bites, no yeah. you know sticks, you know no plants growing out of there. Nothing that says wow, that's odd.
0: Okay. Okay.
3: Huh. All right, you guys know you have one more class with Gene that's uh right before the end of the last period.
0: Okay. So, um
1: Logan's going to take a control photo from where the same place where you took a picture of
3: Gene. Just to see make if Make sure that wasn't just something in the air. Yeah. Nope, nothing there. Okay.
0: I Oh, God. So this is going to be difficult. Okay, is there a way that we can get to the classroom before the class starts?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is a class going on there. There is a class now.
0: going on there. Hmm. But is the door closed? If I, like, at the end of the last class, if I ask to go to the bathroom
3: then slip out so you can get there right beforehand. Exactly. What is it you're trying to achieve? Uh,
0: Tell me what you're trying to achieve. I want to go up to the door. I want to take the Morton salt that I stole from the kitchen, and I want to place a line of salt in front of the door to the classroom because I believe that if there's something going on with Jean and she has been replaced by a fairy of some sort, it will not cross the, the line of salt in front of the door. So I'm sort of testing my hypothesis.
3: All right. Yes, give me a uh, D10 average plus heart to kind of sneak out of class, get there, avoid being seen, get that line of salt down, all all in that little bit of time you've got. Okay. I wouldn't make Billy roll this because this is the sort of thing that he seems like you'd be used to, but, but you're, yeah, I'm this not may be as good. a little nerve-wracking for you.
0: Ah, but I rolled, I rolled a 10, which is lucky, and my heart is 2, so that's a 12.
2: Excellent. Billy's wearing off on you.
0: my parents are not happy about that
3: (laughs) you make it out you make it there but uh you have to argue a little bit with the teacher in the class beforehand and, and kind of put on a show you know so what is it that you tell him to convince him to let you go like early you know just even two minutes early
0: i i have to go it's a real emergency
3: uh you can't hold it for two minutes come on what how big's your bladder
0: i am a child sir not very big (laughs)
3: fine all right you got me on that go go just just don't thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) and Um, i bolt out of there Um, you get the
3: line of salt down it's clear it's right in there um amazingly enough nobody like kicks it out of the way you know they mess it up a little bit but it's still a a good solid line of salt
0: okay so uh i position myself in a desk right near the door as soon as uh like people start filing in and I'm going to be watching every single person who comes in. Hey heroes, I'm just taking a quick mid-episode break on this extra long episode of One Shot to talk to you about Epiphany. Those of you who have followed me on my appearances on other programs than OneShot over the past year know that I've been working on a role-playing system which I designed based on the Bill Murray classic Groundhog Day. And it's called Epiphany. This year at Gen Con, I'm going to be releasing an open beta test packet of Epiphany, and I'll be inviting all of my one-shot heroes to download it and play it with their groups to give me their comments. I've had a couple of curious fans contact me asking questions about the Epiphany role-playing system, and I'm finally ready to answer those questions. Recently, I did an interview on the GM Academy show where I had a lengthy discussion about Epiphany, how it works, and the theory that went behind making it. A link to the full video of that discussion is available in the show notes, and there'll be a more crisply edited podcast version of it coming out on Thursday. The episode runs about two hours, and it has my origin story of how I came to start doing one-shot, if you're curious about that, as well as some of my thoughts on the industry and game theory in general. But I start talking about Epiphany 33 minutes into the video. I hope you enjoy it, and if you have any questions, feel free to email me thank you heroes so much for your support over this year and i hope to see you at gen con now let's get back to the show all
3: right um so logan billy what what are you guys doing anything important or just kind of following along and, and waiting and watching
2: well billy is gonna sit in the desk uh next to scott there and take a point kind of hunched over the desk waiting for something to happen okay
1: and Logan's going to position himself somewhere slightly distant, like a few chairs away from him, so that if she does get in and she's able to, like, is there a place that we know that she tends to sit habitually?
3: Yeah, I mean, the people generally have their, this is where we sit type seats around that area so they can talk to certain people.
1: Okay, so he probably sits somewhere near there. So he's going to probably sit in one of the
3: chairs behind her usual seat. Okay. Um, Gene approaches, everybody kind of files in, and, all right, yes, amazingly enough, there is still tons of salt there on, on the ground, like, some people kind of keep, you know, what, why is there this there, but, you know, they just kind of start stepping over it after the first person notices it, the, the teacher is, is like, I'll get somebody to clean that up, uh, uh, I'll, I'll call the janitor real quick, and, keep, you know pulls up a phone, calls calls up to the school desk because he's pretty lazy and uh, asks a janitor to come down and clean up. But then Jean arrives and she steps up and you see her kind of freeze and shudder a little. And as her foot is poised, just about to step in, she pulls it back and sets it back down. Other people just kind of push past her. One of her friends is like, are, are you okay? C- come on, we, we got to get to our seats before they're taken. And she just kind of steps back a bit.
0: I give a meaningful look to the both of you.
2: Billy's eyes get wide as he realizes Scott might have been right about all this fairy nonsense.
1: Logan's probably on since they hang out and talk about this stuff a lot. So he's going to try to think up a way to strike up a conversation and ask her about
3: something that happened in the past and see how good her memory is. Okay. She's still stuck on the other side of the door right now. Like, she's just kind of standing there quivering, doesn't seem to know quite what to do. She turns and begins walking the other way. The teacher is kind of like, Gina, what's wrong? Are you feeling okay? And kind of sticks his head out after her.
0: She was feeling sick. Uh, So somebody should accompany her to the nurse, right?
2: Yeah, we
3: should go accompany
2: her to the nurse. And I'm just going to dart out the room. Yeah, yeah, Billy says, I'm going too, and darts up and follows him.
3: The teacher just kind of – I'm assuming that Scott goes with
0: yeah, him. Yeah, Scott Scott takes off right after him. We'll make sure the she teacher, gets her okay.
3: The teacher just shakes his head and goes, God, they're starting to hit that teenager place. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, you're, you're heading immediately for her. She is heading straight for the door. Okay. Right, like the school door. Gene, Gene, wait up. Are you okay? She's just going, just booking.
2: Wait, Billy runs after her, booking it. He says, Gene, wait.
3: All right, everybody give me difficult plus, uh, plus blood checks to see if you can catch up to her.
0: I get an eight.
3: I got a five.
0: I got a six. Okay. Wow.
3: Um, It's the tall one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, Scott, you got the eight, right? Yes. All right. Six and five, you were just, you cannot even keep up. Um, For some reason, your feet start to feel like, like lead. They're just starting to drag as you are kind of running after her. And you all three kind of notice everybody else in the hallway has kind of stopped. There are a couple of stragglers, like a hall monitor, and they've all just kind of stopped moving at all you two are kind of slowing down but Scott you're kind of keeping up with this and and you are getting close to her right before she gets to the door you're almost within reaching out and grabbing her distance who are you? she kind of turns and looks and for a moment you don't see her face but you see a haggard old decaying face like, like what Jean would look like at ninety-five years of hard living,
0: jeez!
3: Uh, she reaches out her hand and just backhands you. So I would like you to attempt to avoid this.
0: Yes, um, I would.
3: only me a, a difficult plus blood again.
0: Okay, that is only a five.
3: Okay, you take you take four mm-hmm. energy damage. Brother. And you are thrown back.
2: (coughs) Whoa. Oh Oh my god. Ow. Billy rushes over to his friend. Are you okay, Scott? Oh, wow. Did we see the face change? Yeah, oh, you guys
3: clearly see the haggard old woman face that is even starting to melt a little more. Like, that's even, like, looks like it's a rubber mask starting to melt off of her.
0: Oh, God. You guys. Oh, she's... She's
3: standing at the door and is doing nothing else right now.
0: Are you a famori? Are you the Unseelie Court? She turns,
3: throws open the door... And the, as she steps over the threshold, just disappears, just becomes nothing. Where's
0: Jean?
3: Everybody else starts moving right as you say that, Did and I get all, to Her before. Can you do? Can you get to her? You're trying to rush up to her.
1: No, no. I was before she before she turned away. I was trying to get a picture of her and the
3: old face thing. Mm. Yes, you can get a picture of that. You, you know, because it's with the camera up, click, click, um, and you get a picture of it.
2: Well Billy is gonna help Scott get up and catch his breath after getting pushed down the hallway like that.
3: Alright. Wow.
0: Guys, this is, is really bad.
3: Still dark and stormy outside. Um Ooh.
0: I'm
3: gonna I'm gonna ask uh I'm gonna just kinda
1: get get Scott's attention. Scott. What if that's not Gene, what happened to Gene?
0: Okay. Uh so the problem is there are a lot of different fairy stories and it's, <laughs> she could be all sorts of things. And I know that's not good news, but uh, the most common one is a changeling. And that's not really a type of fairy, but that's sort of an activity that fairies do. They find kids, usually babies, and, and they take them away. Um and it's it's supposed to be because fairies have weak blood and they breed with humans to get stronger blood and so they take kids and replace them with fairy kids um what
1: the
3: kid do they take
0: well, the kid that they take they take them to the land below.
3: This all started when when you were rattling around in the bushes and found her body you know or or the faceless body that looked kind of like her um Billy, that, that seems to be like that may be the place to start if, if that's what you're looking for. Like That's that's where this all started.
2: Billy says, why don't we go back and dig around in the bushes some more? All
3: right, how long before school ends? This was like two periods before the last, so you have maybe like another hour of school.
0: Oh God, Billy says, so we don't ridiculous. got
2: time for school. Let's get out of here.
3: Wait, wait, wait.
1: We need this stuff that, that Scott said we should have.
0: Yeah, it's it's not safe at all to go without it.
1: Because Jean is Gene is much smaller than any of us, and she just knocked Scott down the hall. Like, so, in short form, what are you guys going to do? We're going to skip the rest of school, and it, barring that, we're going to go our ways, try to collect what materials we can, and then meet in the treehouse.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, I've I've never cut oh, okay. class before, guys. I don't I don't know how I don't know what to do.
1: Right now. You just got hit
0: really hard. Maybe I have like a bruise or something. Uh I like look in my shirt. Is there like a big red mark?
3: There my... there definitely is. It was definitely physical damage, um, but it's more like a scratch. The kind that you would get if you were running through the woods without a shirt on and got caught by a tree.
0: I don't think this it is gonna get us out of school, guys.
3: It doesn't uh your shirt's fine, but you yourself are damaged underneath your shirt.
0: Am I bleeding?
3: Is he bleeding?
1: No, we should take you to the nurse. And so I'm going to try leading him
3: down to the nurse's office. Okay. You get to the nurse's office, do you have the nurse look at the wound? Yeah. Yeah. What wound? It's fine. I There's nothing. I You're just trying to get out of class. I'm not going to write you a pass. Go, go apologize to your teacher. <sighs> it's right there. You can see it. Alright,
1: so Scott, do you have any more of that salt left?
0: Yeah, do you want I do? Can I have some? Sure.
3: I wanna rub it on the on the wound? Yep. It fades away and dissolves. The wound does? The wound does. What? It completely fades away as if it were gossamer uh falling in the mist off of you the moment the salt touches it.
2: And, and Billy I stares at it in wide eyed amazement.
0: I assume that's just cosmetic healing and not not <laughs> Mechanical healing.
3: You, you've you had a moment to sit down, so, uh, so on the rest track, you rest a moment in the light.
0: Okay. And I only heal one, but that is better than nothing.
3: You still feel like, feel it knocked out of you, but with all your fairy knowledge, she may have just glamored you into thinking that she dealt you a huge, massive blow and that this wound was there. Hmm. Okay, so... Iron and salt and silver? Silver. Silver. All right. We'll say that the iron and salt are fairly easy to get. Um, you can each tell me how you get it. Um, if you're sneaking out of school, just go ahead and roll me a difficult plus, plus, uh, plus heart. Um for you, Scott, that is going to be a—you're not good at articulating, so so put yeah. that in because if you get caught by anybody, you have to kind of explain your way out of it. So put your negative one into
1: it.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so,
1: when to stop talking be a hindrance here? Would what? Logan doesn't know when to stop talking, kind of like um. Yes, that would also be a hindrance. Good call. Um, yeah. So you put your negative two into it. Yeah, he's he's kind of like uh like like Chunk from Goonies. He just keeps on babbling.
3: <laughs> and Billy, you're good at this. Um, so, you're mischievous, of course, and uh, but you're also you don't pay attention to your surroundings. Uh, uh, well, no, let, let's just do that with you. Tend to act impulsively, so it, so it's a plus one total. All right. All right. So I got a zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So wait, you uh, you rolled the uh, the d8 for difficult. Yeah, plus your uh, heart of two. Yeah, so I, I got a total of two actually. Not gotcha. Okay. Okay.
2: Billy got an eleven.
1: Of course, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what happened with Scott and Logan. Scott Logan saw that Scott was struggling to explain why they why why he needed to go home, and Logan tried to jump in and help, and ended up. Overblowing the story.
3: <laughs> what, what did you get, Scott?
0: I got a five.
3: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Billy, you're you're off scot-free. How, how do you get out of school?
2: Um, all right. Well, Billy is just going to pretend to uh, be walking his buddies back to class. And at the first opportunity, he is going to make for the door... And if he he... gets stopped by anyone, he's going to insist that his mom called and she needs him home right away and his grandmother's sick. And he's just got to get back right away so he can see his sick grandmother. Do
0: you turn on the waterworks?
2: Oh, yeah. He tears up. He gives it the the full waterworks, everything.
0: I have a sense
3: that over the years and many classes through high school and college, a lot of Billy's grandmothers are going to be having a lot of problems. <laughs> 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 you make it out. You you waterworks and tear up. One thing you do notice, all the adults seem a little fuzzier. You know, they, they seem a little less on top of things than they normally are all a little tired. But it seems to be all the teachers that uh, Jean has had in her classes but you managed to make it out, and you managed to go and uh, attempt to get the supplies. So the iron and the salt are easy to to find. You can find salt anywhere in any of your three houses. The iron, you said your dad was working on an iron sculpture. What, what does that look like? What's a sculpture like?
2: So it's some type of modern art thing with bending these iron into different various shapes that are supposed to represent some type of Greco-Roman philosophy or something. Billy didn't really pay much attention when his dad was going on about it. But he does know there's some scraps that he hasn't quite welded on yet. Excellent. So he's going to grab some of the scraps and some of what? the salt from the kitchen and start creating a stockpile in the treehouse.
3: What do the scraps look like? like like are they big scraps are they like club-like are they just little tiny scraps that fit in your hand
2: um so these are probably going to be smaller scraps like uh no more than probably like six inches to a foot that kind of thing things that could be uh, more easily bent
3: okay excellent all right um scott logan finally get out of school mm-hmm. um head back to the treehouse um, he's got a bunch of iron little scraps for you and a bunch of salt from the kitchen.
0: This is really great. Um, I, I, I brought some duct tape. Uh, I feel like we should lay down a salt line inside the tree house and tape it down so nothing can mess with it.
3: I think that's a good idea. That's, that's very good. All right. So you, you, uh, you make a live wire taped down salt
1: line. Okay. Are there anything else? Is there anything else that they're sensitive to? Like, do they not like light? Do they?
0: No, fairies. Fairies are pretty hardy generally. Uh, they have green or white blood because it's copper-based. That's pretty interesting. Um, but there are two types of fairies. Uh, there are famori, and they're part of the unseely court, and they're the—they're bad. They're really bad, and. They're really scary and really angry, and they have a really awful sense of justice. And then there's the Sealy Court, and some of them are good and tough, and then a lot of them are just kind of, well, the word Sealy is derived from, like, the word silly is derived from, from like, uh, Sealy, so they're not really much help a lot. So, Billy says,
2: do any of them drain people? All the adults seem kind of out of it today.
0: Uh, I will crack open my reference book and see if that is a known thing about fairies.
1: Logan is going to take pictures out of each of the windows in the treehouse while they're doing that.
3: Okay. I'll resolve Scott, and then I'll resolve Logan. Um... Yeah, Scott, you're looking through the book and you're seeing stuff. Logan is going and taking pictures. Um, and you, you see that there are ones that do kind of work on life force blood. You know, there's succubus and incubus, you know, but those are really more demons. Mm-hmm. But there are some, you know, like Rip Van Winkle stories are fairy stories, you know, yeah. that, that people who spend time with fairies fall asleep or, or tend to go into these deep fairy sleeps. Um, and there are a few, just one or two that are like, these fairies will drain people of their life force. But those are, you know, in the really bad section, and there's not a lot about them. Okay. Logan, you're taking pictures outside, and the first picture is like, okay, that that's fine. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. The second picture, you see a couple of little lights, but they really just look like reflections off, off the window glass. In fact, there's a window right there. So you take another picture, and then there's more, and then there's more, and then by, like, the third or fourth picture, you notice they are just all around the treehouse in a row. Just these lights. You don't see anything with your eyes, but there are lights and these lens flares on all the pictures in every
1: direction around the treehouse. question for you. Can I see them before I actually click the take picture button,
3: like, as long as I'm looking through the video camera? No, it actually has to take the picture.
0: Okay. What if he's filming?
3: It doesn't show up. Um, just for hypothetical, like if you turn it on record, it doesn't show up in the record like that. But the moment you hit play, it does. Oh,
0: wow. Okay.
3: So it's something about the image actually being recorded and put down into some media. Okay. So they're here. Do we have? How, how do you convey that to the other two?
1: Like guys, how how? Did we, Did you finish with the duct tape and stuff?
0: Yeah.
3: I'm trying to not give away what we're doing. You hear that knocking at the base of the tree?
2: Billy says, "What was that?" It's them.
3: Quick, They're... take the down. The knocking just keeps continuing on every side of the tree, just almost like banging now. You see in through the window your mom washing dishes and paying absolutely no attention.
2: Billy grabs a piece of iron and uh, as he he makes sure to step inside the, the salt circle, he says, we ain't scared of you fairies.
3: You should be. You hear a kind of sweet, melodic voice come. It sounds like it's just right behind your right ear. I'm taking oh. pictures inside the treehouse.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Billy jumps after hearing the voice. And backs <laughs> Don't get further out of the, the salt!
3: Do you stay in the salt?
2: Definitely. Uh, definitely.
0: Okay.
3: Okay. Um, you don't see any lights inside the treehouse. Nothing is directly inside the treehouse, um, but you do see it right outside the doors and windows of the treehouse.
0: What are you? What do you want? You should have left us alone. We didn't do anything.
3: You took you our friend. Fa- we only take one. Now we take four.
0: That's not part of the arrangement. That's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to get the lands below and we get the lands above. It says so in the book. In the book. And a stiff
3: wind just blows through and just shoves the book from wherever it's sitting. Like, Mm flips all the pages. Is the salt still there? Oh yeah, it's 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 under the.
0: Uh, it's duct taped down. The duct
3: tape. I, and I have to give you guys a slow clap on that one because because yeah, all right, that, that's what I'm ever doing if I ever end up in a situation like yeah, this.
0: you you may be talking to a player who is obsessed with dealing with fairies in real life when he was a child, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Lots of preparation.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So this wind is just blowing through, and if you're taking pictures, Logan, you see lights start to enter and just hover just at the edge of the salt circle.
2: Uh, Billy throws the iron, deformed hunk of iron that he's holding out of the circle.
3: As it flings into an area, you just hear and just these screams as just Something moves around, and more wind picks up inside, just rattling the treehouse. The storm outside is growing to a head. Like it's starting to thunder a bit outside.
2: Billy, okay. Billy looks at his friends and, and says, maybe that, that wasn't a good idea.
3: No. Um, Why don't you come out, and we will treat you well. We don't have to kill you horribly.
1: Whisper to uh, to
3: Scott. Will they Will they ever go
1: to sleep or go away at any point?
0: Uh, that's the thing about unseelie fairies. I mean, you they don't go away unless you kill them. Uh, although although uh, one thing that's true about all fairies is is they keep they keep their word. Uh, they try not to, they'll try really hard not to, but if we can get them to agree to something, they have to agree to it. And they,
1: they, are they like vampires yet to invite
0: them in? Uh, you pretty much don't want to invite them in. I mean, domestic fairies like brownies are okay. Um, The
3: voices kind of start up again, and you hear them as if they're coming from multiple areas around you, and they're all saying different things. Come out. Come out and play with us. We can show you things you've never seen. You're only ten. We have hundreds of years, hundreds of years' worth of toys, things you couldn't even imagine. Just step out and join us. We will show you such sights. like
1: Like, you dumb butts have ever had a Game Boy...
0: It's true, fairies have never had Game Boys. We prefer Sega. Well, see? That's where you are in society. We're not barbarians playing with Game Gears. We're civilized.
3: We can show you things that you have never dreamt of. We can put you inside of video games. Wouldn't you like to ride a dragon in real life? and you hear, like, a flapping of wings outside. You don't see anything, but the sky's gotten a lot darker, but you kind of hear, like, a flapping of wings and a roar of a dragon. And it is doing its best not to sound threatening, but, like, friendly and fun, and don't you want to go ride that dragon?
2: Billy says, dragons do sound kind of cool, guys.
3: Hey, Billy, go ahead and give me a uh, very difficult plus heart roll. Actually, plus soul.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Alright. Uh, very difficult. Ooh. Alrighty. Let's see what Remember, we can Remember, you get can here.
3: spend energy to raise die.
2: That's right. So, what's the limit on that? Can I only do that once?
3: No. You can spend uh, two energy to raise a die by type and. Yeah, I think you can just continue to do that until you are out of energy. Now, mind you, your energy is your hit points, so when you are down to zero energy, you are are knocked unconscious out of the game.
0: Oof. Alright, take an attack, rough. I... If we take an attack that deals more than our energy, we could die. Right. Yeah. Ooh, that's rough. But well,
3: you can always choose to take a negative uh, one modifier to a stat, like a permanent disability, so like bam, you are knocked down, we give you broken, and you're negative one at flesh because you've broken your arm or you're busted in some way physically. So, you know, it's it's a risk, but
2: options All right, Well, I think Billy is going to take the chance and uh, muster his energy. I'm going to spend four energy on this roll. Which
3: to go takes from, you down to six.
2: Yeah, so I would go from very difficult to D8 to a D10. Yes. Plus spirit, right?
3: Plus your soul, yep.
2: Plus soul, that's right. All right, come on, and that's a nine. All right,
3: All right. so you succeed, but with some uh, some difficulty. So so you succeed in resisting, and God, that dragon sounds cool. That would be great. How do you succeed, and what's your difficulty? What what's what's the not quite as awesome as it could be factor to your success?
2: Mm. all right well Billy's really thinking about that dragon and it sounds really awesome and his parents have been watching this show called Game of Thrones and they talk about dragons all the time and they just sound like the coolest um but Billy doesn't really get it and he he's about to uh he's thinking about going outside of the uh, the salt circle and uh thinking about dragons he trips over his own feet and that kind of stops him from going out of the circle as he catches himself and realizes that maybe that was kind of a dumb idea.
3: Bam. You smack into the floor, but you stay in the salt circle and and you have a big bruise on the side of your face, but you are like, wait, wait, what? No, that, that was stupid of me. (laughs) All right.
0: At least learning.
3: So Scott, what are you doing?
0: Uh, Scott is furiously looking through his book to find anything like I, he's falling back on cl- gathering as much information as possible. Uh, so I have a particular thing in mind that the character could find. Should I succeed? Uh, so okay. do you have a role to suggest for me?
3: Yes. No. Let's have you do a difficult plus, uh mine. Um, and we'll have your eye for details come into play.
0: Okay. Um, cool. or knows a lot about monsters actually could either one of those would work. Oh
3: yeah. No, Scott reads uh, You have that listed as a negative two. Was that meant to be a positive two? Oh
0: uh, th- yeah. That's supposed to be positive because I had yes, I curious so. about dangerous things and yep. difficulty in focusing on tasks. Actually difficulty yeah. in focusing on tasks would, uh, Actually, probably factor into this too. Uh, so I guess that'll yes. net to positive one plus mine. Okay. So that'll be positive three. All right. Uh, that comes up as, as an eight. All
3: right. So you succeed, but with some kind of difficulty. I'll do the same thing. You know, tell me why it's not a complete full. What? Why? Why it hits you a little bit? You know, to do this. So what? What was it that you're trying to find?
0: Okay. Um. So what I What lesson I think is important for us to learn about fairies at this point is how to see them because right now their glamour works 100% of the time and we can only get Uh it after the fact with the camera. Um, so I find, like, I find the section that outlines how you see through a glamour. Um, Uh and I learned that, uh, if you look through a stone that has a hole in it, it shows the world of the fairies. But as I realize that, uh, the wind picks up and my book blows out the window.
3: Excellent. I like it. All right. So the book blows out the window. So you no longer have that book to go to for access. No! But you do know how to see fairies. And you probably got a lot of little stones just kind of up here or in your backpack. In fact, Billy, would you just... Carry around little stones or like collect them because you like to throw rocks.
2: Oh, definitely. Billy's got uh, probably a couple, a couple of really nice stones in each pocket, just okay. waiting to be thrown.
0: Well, we need we need it's stones gone. with holes in them. My book! I can't <laughs> believe I lost the book. Uh.
2: Billy starts turning out his pockets, uh, pulling out all the rocks in there. Uh, I don't know. Would Billy have any with holes in them? That's pretty hard to not, find.
3: Not with holes in them, but but ones that are a decent size that you could probably put holes in if you had some way of doing it. Uh, Logan, you're a maker. You make lots of stuff. And you have a multi-tool. Do you have any way to do this?
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. You could pro- if, if you find something that's uh, like soapstone or some other soft stone, you could probably... Drill a hole through it. He also he knows a lot about rocks and bugs. That's like one of his big interests. So he All probably right. has collection of fossils and other things, including Excited. yeah, you know those little uh those little mollusk type fossils that are like the rings, like the little like the Native American bead stones. Uh huh. He probably has a few of those in the treehouse, but not in the
3: stone, not in the salt circle. Okay. Well. All right. So you think one of those would work? How do you get it to you? And can how would you drill a hole in these other stones? Um, all he's got is his multi-tool with him right now. Okay. Give me a uh, average plus flesh, um, and see if you can get that um, drill drill a hole in the stones. Okay. Here, I got a ten. Okay And um a lot about bugs and rocks does that apply? or absolutely. So you know how to drill on that. so that would take it up to a thirteen and out of two of these, you break one of them, but out of two of these you have perfect like eye sized holes that you can use those kind of little stone monocles to, uh, to to break this glamour if that indeed does work. okay. so um
1: he's gonna whisper to uh, to Scott again, Scott, are there any like Numbers that are important to fairies.
0: I I I don't know. I don't remember.
1: <sighs> okay. Um. So he's going to respond to the fairies like, "I I think we need time to think about your offer. Could you,
3: could you come back in a couple of days? Days? What will you give us to come back in days?
0: Mm. We'll give you. We'll give what you a- ale." I have a geode on the
1: shelf over there. You can have that geode. Geode?
0: It's
3: it's a stone with crystals in it. Hmm. One day. Plus ale. For the geode and ale, we will give you one day until this time tomorrow, and then we will come to meet you again. And you get a sense that when they say meat, that they're talking meat-meat, as in food-meat. So... Do, do any of you look through these stones that you've carved?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do.
3: <laughs> you see, anybody who looks through the stones, room, you only have two of them. The fairies are small-ish, like, say, about a foot and a half tall. They have wide eyes and skinny, skinny faces, except for their mouths. Their mouths are wide, like a football sideways. So it's skinny at the top and then goes out into the strip ball. And their teeth are huge, sharp, pointy things with multiple rows. They have wild hair. But aside from that, they look like what you would think of as sprites uh, with, with two arms, two legs, skinny bodies, skinny faces, except for these ginormous mouth pieces with shredding teeth. Looking at them you can definitely tell where Jean's body was was devoured by these. And you see one of them. One of them who is holding what looks like a red stone. It, it's kind of like wrapped around, like there's a, a piece of red rope, and this red stone is wrapped there. And if, as you see it, you see just the brief reflection of Jean's face as this thing moves. Scott, it is not, with your knowledge of fairies hard to say yes. They probably all ate Jean, and Mm -hmm. one of them stole her face to use in a clamor.
0: Jean's dead, you guys. What? They ate... You saw
3: the, the geode, and we will collect ale later. And we will see you tomorrow. And the geode just lifts up as a few of them kind of reach over and grab it, and fly off with it.
2: Don't forget ale, or
3: else... We'll get it.
1: Billy, does your dad have a beer? beer?
2: Uh, Billy says,
0: uh, we can probably find some in the, in, the, in the special cabinet. Well, heroes, that's it for this week, but be sure to stick with us for the thrilling conclusion of all things Truly Wicked next week and our one-year anniversary special the following week. I'd like to thank our sponsor, End Transmission Games, for supporting the show. Be sure to check out their Kickstarter project, Psionics, which is right now in the middle of their first day of funding. I'd also like to thank my guests James Mason of Top Secret Games and John Arcadian of Gnome Stew for helping out this week. It was a pleasure to have them on the show, and I know you're going to enjoy their performances next week. If you want to know more about me and how I got into role-playing and podcasting, or you want juicy details on my upcoming role-playing system epiphany, head over to the yourgmacademy.com website. They should have a link to the roughly edited version of the live stream that I did there now. And on Thursday, they'll have a freshly edited podcast that sounds super smooth. I want to thank hosts Jim and Keegan for having me on the show and giving me the opportunity to nerd out about game theory for two straight hours. One shot is a Peaches and Hot Sauce presentation. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago based comedy network with tons of great articles, videos, and podcasts for you to enjoy at peachesandhot sauce.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. <laughs>